We welcome you to a special Bat and Chatting edition as this is the pre-Hall of Fame announcement special here on the Eastern Observer. Alongside Dennis Tui, I'm Brandon Natale. Now, before we get started, please hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Be kept in on the loop on everything Eastern Observer. And most importantly, Batten and Chatten. Our show can be found on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts can be found. Follow our show is presented to you by Black Cats NYC. Be sure to download their newest hit single, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us, which could be found wherever else music is found, whether that's Spotify, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM Satellite Radio, and many others. Dennis, how are you doing today on this fine uh, Hall of Fame announcement special? I'm doing very well. Uh, it is a wild, wild day for uh, sports, especially for football fans, both professional football and college football. As um, earlier today, Bill Belichick and the Patriots parted ways. Nick yeah. Saban and Alabama parted ways. And Pete Carroll. No, this happened yesterday, Pete Carroll. Either way. Me, Pete Carroll looks like he's not going to be um, the head coach of the Seahawks anymore. He's going to be in some kind of advisory role. So kind of a wild day for that. And um, yeah, man, like that's that's nuts. Like it's really an, it's an end of an error. error yeah, era. you know, it's it's been a big uh, the sports world has definitely been buzzing. And it's only been as of 1125 um, Thursday, January 11th in 2000. It's only been 11 days since 2024. And it's, it's been crazy. I can't believe 20 years ago. It was 2004. Jesus Christ. Can you believe that? It makes me feel old, bro. I was in pre-K. Yeah, we were in pre-K. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. Pre-K was lit, man. Oh, yeah, it was a good time. Lot. Apple juices and a nap time. I forget about it. Heck yeah, man. Listen, I will say this, though. This is whole, These guys like moving on and whatnot has made me even more locked in that the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Browns are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Joe Flacco is going to retire right afterwards. Go out on top. Notice he's never going to win another one. I, you know what? They're they're rolling like in the in the. It looks like he was saying, a football show, but it, it is it's it's an exciting time to be a football fan. Yeah, you know, sneak. You know, I'm not going. You know, hopefully, um, we'll be chatting football on, on this Eastern Observer eventually. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it, either way, um, that's uh, yeah, I, I could go on about that, but yeah, like I said, this is uh, this is bad and chatting. You know, obviously on the Eastern Observer, sports where this buzz. I know it's crazy though. Yeah, that's like it's an end of an era of you know. It's just crazy. Everybody's retired. But like I said, there's been a lot going on in the sports world, uh, a lot in the football world, and even basketball, even baseball. I know, uh, first off, I know we should pay our respects to former Met Bud Harrelson, who recently just passed away. Um, former co- you know, former Met on the, on the 69 Mets and on the 73 Mets, who they went to the World Series. They didn't win it, unfortunately, but he was on the Miracle Mets in 1969, helping. It was a key part. For that organization, he was also a manager, believe it or not. Like he managed them for a little bit after uh, after Davy Johnson got let go, and then he actually managed for one season, and you know uh, he didn't last long there. But I know he was a co-founder of the Long Island Ducks, and was a manager of the Ducks, right, Dennis? You said and a co-owner. Yeah, co. So, uh, so he did he a lot. He did a lot, and I never knew he lived on Long Island all this time. I wish I would have known. Yeah, and he was with the New York Mets from 1965 to 1977. Two all-star appearances. Uh, led the league in defensive war one season, which is pretty nuts. Uh, finished top 30 in MVP voting three different times. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, mm, buddy, Harrison. You, you know, not like a 
like a great offensive player or anything like that. Like he was definitely a glove yeah. first guy. Right. But uh, definitely like a very important piece to, I guess, New York Mets lore. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like, he was, he was like your, your first like shortstop, like your first guy. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, he, he has the same nick. Uh, he has the same nickname as me. You know, buddy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. Um, but uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, I agree. And he was known as a scrappy player too, especially he had that incident with Pete Rose. Yeah, they got into a they, fight. And they actually said that they actually became like good friends, like down tail ends of their careers. Wow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, but you're right though. Like he actually, you know, he he was one of the first like, like when you think of a Met, like you think of obviously Tom Seaver, David Wright. Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden, you know, but like Bud Harrelson, he was one of the first like so-called Mets. Yeah, like he he helped establish you guys really. And once again, like he, you look at the like the stats or whatever, and it sucks because it, it's just it's kind of like a highlight of pre two thousand or even like pre two thousand tens. Man, defensive numbers they, it's so hard to quantify. So who knows really how good that guy was? It's it's a shame, but I mean he was known as like a like an elite defenseman. Yeah, and um, yeah, no, I agree. And he was definitely he took less money to come to the Mets too. I know he had offers from the Yankees. I don't know if it was the Cubs. Like I read up on it, and so like I mean, pretty sure it was like ten thousand dollars. I think the deal was different time. Different, yeah, different time. I mean, this is what I read up on. Yeah. Um, and it was just crazy. So he, you know, he worked his way up, and obviously, you know, um, you know, came on to the, um, you know, to the Mets, and uh, that's it. Yeah. So rest in peace to Bud Harrelson. Yeah. Uh, New York sports. Yeah. Quick little silence for him. All right. Rest in peace. But another news. Go switching over to the Bronx. Marcus Stroman, you are a New York Yankee. Dennis, how how you feeling about that? What's the sign? What is the signing? You know, and obviously, I know they were sending. Someone was sending photos because I know you guys made an offer to Blake Snell. Yeah, and now you guys got Stroman. So I mean, you know, I honestly, I I don't love the deal. Two years, thirty-seven million. Mm-hmm. I really do think is high for him. He had a, an elite first half of last season. He fell off the second half. Injuries, sure. And I do think he'll play well for the Yankees. Um, I think his Mets tenure is lambasted way too much by Mets fans. I understand he said a lot of dumb things on social media. I get it. Statistically, however, I do think people kind of forget he he was a good Met. Statistically, he was he was fine. Like he had a three seven seven ERA when he first got traded to you guys in twenty nineteen. 2020, he didn't play. He opted out during COVID-19. That's fair. And then 21, he had a 302 ERA while leading the league in games started for the New York Mets. So he's right. no stranger to the New York market. He grew up on Long Island. like He's a right. New York guy. And I think that's going to translate well. Also, what I think is going to translate well, he's not a strikeout guy. He's a pitch-to-contact, ground ball type player. And that seems like something the Yankees would do well with. Given the fact that everybody that could throw a sinker, they just immediately love. Uh, case in point, Clay Holmes, where they completely like turned around after he, he had like a five something ERA with the Pirates. So I, I'm very confident in it. I don't love the the price, two for thirty seven. So, but that's what. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. 
that is <laughs> not a math guy. Late uh, eighteen. There we go, and a half million dollars a year. Mm. Uh, that's a little high. I would have tried to go two for thirty or two two between two for twenty seven, two for thirty with a mutual opt out or something. That's what I would have tried to do. However. When you look at the free agent pitchers remaining, and I was saying this to a few of my friends the other day, it is not good. It is, it's really not good. Like suddenly, like Michael Lorenzen and Zach Renke, who's 40, or Rich Hill, who's 44. It's like you kind of start talking yourself into it. And that's kind of when you get into a problem, like a like a band lane. Michael Lorenzen, I'm not trying to talk bad about. He is a good player, but I mean he threw a no hitter for Pete's sake. But like it's it's still it's just weird. You get what I mean? Like it's weird right. that like yeah. those would be like a like a good signing now. So you kind of you kind of got to go what you got to go with. I'm glad the Yankees didn't get Blake Snell. That had disaster written all right written all. Over. Well, they just made a contract offer to him. So I mean, I mean what, do you, what happens if they take but, it? Say it again. Uh, who right? Who knows what happens with Blake Snell if the Yankees do sign up? But the, the problem is, I would much rather use that money towards Juan Soto. That's one. Number two, who just signed the highest uh, arbitration ever at $31.5 million to play this year. Uh, right. And I know, however, the, I know the Mets signed an arbitration deal with Alonzo, too. $20 million. Right. And for Blake Snell, though, going back to him, I, I just he can't get out of the sixth inning consistently. A lot of walks, high pitch right. count, things like that. The Yankees have struggled a lot with injuries the past couple of years. Really you guys need another lefty? Like, do you, I mean, you guys still got Nestor, really? Yeah, we still got Nestor. Like, it's not Nestor's not great, but Nestor's also similar to Stroman in that he's very streaky about how long he can go. Like, there's games where he flies right through, and then there's times where he really doesn't. He struggles, and I, I just I can deal with that roller coaster once. I can't deal with that roller coaster twice in this same rotation. As for the lefty piece, we actually have. More lefties in our starting rotation now than righties. Because mm. our rotation is Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, who's a lefty, Nestor Cortez, who's a lefty. Oh, right. Okay. And yeah. now, if we were to get Blake Snell, another lefty. So you guys don't really need Mark Stroman, but So you guys don't really need him then, essentially. No. We signed that cat from the Marlins who has like no experience whatsoever. $750,000. I keep forgetting the dude's name. But. Uh, <laughs> He's he's not like a great player or anything like that. Um, but you know it's a guy, right? It's it's, it's a, a guy. Body. Like yeah. it's we'll see what we have with him. Player. I do. I have to say, I really do trust the Yankees front office with getting pitchers mm. because you look at what they've done, especially with relievers. It is masterful. Like I always say. The Yankees haven't had a bad bullpen since the seventies, and you look up the stats, and it's—I'm not—I'm not lying. Maybe a year or two here or there, but like you They've go been from consistently like, good, yeah, right. From like Sparky Lyle to or Sparky Anderson, I always get them confused. Mariano, Goose Gossage, and then you go to Dave Rigetti, and before you before we get to Mariano Herrera, those that's what one Hall of Famer in Gossage. I think Sparky Lyle got some votes, but uh, I don't even know if he was on the Yankee to be honest. But uh, Dave Rigetti was certainly like the best closer of the 80s, or one of the best closers. Oh, that's not true, but one of the best closers of the 80s. Obviously, Eckersley is number one, but then we had got John Wetland, 
then obviously Mariano Rivera. And then people forget, even as Mariano got older, like David Robertson was a beast for us. Yeah, David uh, Robertson. Logan wasn't great, but like he was Andrew, serviceable. Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller. People forget no run DMC with Dellen, Miller, and Chapman. No run DMC. Dominant. One of the most dominant bullpens ever. Those three it, it turned the game into a six inning game. So it, it was, uh, we've never had a bad bullpen. So when you have that down, you can kind of take risks with the rotation. However, I'd rather the Yankees take cheap risks than expensive risks. I, I already don't love the Rodon contract. I've gone through that a hundred times on here. <laughs> Won't do yeah. it a hundred more. Mm-hmm. I don't like that deal. I don't want to get locked into another deal with somebody like Blake Snell. Some injury concerns there. Wild. I'm just I'm not too comfortable with it. So we'll see what happens there. But once again, I'd rather use that money for Juan Soto. <laughs> it just is what it is. I mean, it looks good for the rotation. I mean, Yankee rotation heading into the season. I know last year the pitching was kind of, you know, was big. That's why if you got signed Yamamoto, it's crazy how much that signing kind of did impact um, the rest of the yeah. major, especially on the East Coast with the Mets and the Yankees. I know the Mets uh, used to sign Harrison Bader. I know we discussed that plenty. I know we discussed that last week. Mm-hmm. They signed Sean Manaya. Yeah, and what do you think about that? Because if you look at the stats, he on paper it's not a great. He didn't have a great season last year, but the second half of his season he was dominant. Yeah, you know, and the Mets they, they need a, they need lefty pitching, so you know they uh, so I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, I I like it. I think it, you know it's it's just um you know I uh I like it. You know, I know the stats don't prove it, but I mean you know it's like I said they need they need a lefty fills spot in the rotation. Uh, I know they wanted uh, they had interest in uh, in Minaga, who signed with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's a good signing because, like I said, they need they need the depth, and he had a good second half, as you said, and it's not too bad. So I, I'll take it. You know, nothing against David Peterson. David Peterson actually has played pretty good, but like I said, he's not going to come back till summer. So you know, I think it's a good and signing. Realistically, in the National League. Even though you might be down on this Mets team, and obviously other friends of ours and Mets fans in general online are down on this year's Mets team. If you look at the rest of the National League, it's really not a bad roster. No, that, that lineup. Yeah, you know, to be the fair, the lineup is yeah. like sneaky good. Not Phillies good, not Braves good, not Dodgers good. But I'd put the Mets lineup up against just about any other roster in the. In the you know, National when they're League. consistent and they're healthy, then yeah. I mean, last year they were mostly healthy. It was just more of a consistency thing, which is crazy because most of the years the Mets are never healthy. Health has always been a concern yeah, for the Mets. Is it right? Like Alonso missed a few weeks, but that, that's that was it. Lindor played he came back. He missed like ten games, and then he came right back. He was on like the, not even maybe like he was on within a week. He was playing right away. Yeah, I mean, I, the point. fact that Alonso might not be a Met in two years—that's crazy. That's another discussion. Yeah, uh, discussion I like it though. I like the Manaya contract, two years. 28 million. And yeah, no, I, I'm not really too down on the Mets as I would be. People think they're going to be trash, going to be horrible. I don't really think so. I think they're going to be like, I think it'd be competitive. I think they're going to be like they usually are, or maybe better. You're either going to go 77 and 85, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe fight for a wild card spot. I don't really think they're as bad as everybody makes them out to be. And they really, you know, it sucks that this is not the year that. They were going to spend. Obviously, they're waiting for 2025 when it, it, the free agent class is load is loaded. 
So that's why they haven't spent as much now. But, you know, like I always, like I've been saying, you know, I just, they have a decent roster to compete. I don't really think this is a roster that people can be like, oh, well, they're going to go, you know, 62 and 100. Like, no, they're they're going to play, de- they're going to play decent. Like, they're not going to be that. I, I don't really, I'm not saying we're going to be the Braves. Like, no one's going to beat the Braves as much. Um, You know, they already got the East on lockdown. You know, they have, they have it on lock. So, um. But yeah, no, I'm I'm not, and I like the Bader signing. I think they have more of an outfield than they did last year. Keep McNeil in the outfield, in the infield. He's an infielder for a reason. Like I hate when they play him out of position. So I know I'm going off on a tangent, but no, like I said, like I, I'm not a, down on the Mets as much as everybody else is. I mean, that's just me. We'll see. I mean, you know, like I said, it's how our teams. Mets will find a way, but for now, I stay positive, and who knows. Yeah, you're right. There are some decent names in 2025 to get. Not like great players, not too many great players. But there are some gems. Like there are some but players. There are guys that like you're right. Like Anthony Disclafani is a free agent. Like that's not like a bad player. Robbie Ray might have an opt out. Charlie Morton. I mean, I don't know if he'd retire by then. But Max Scherzer, Zach Wheeler, maybe a reunion with him. So I I, I oh, totally yeah. support the New York Mets using this year as like a rebuild year. There's a lot of good relievers. Well, relievers usually sign one year deals. But. Paul Goldsmith's gonna be free agent. I wouldn't mind if if say um, they let him go. Uh, Josh Bell, that'd be a good replacement. I really hope the Mets. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking here. at um, I was just strictly looking at pitchers for you guys. That's but I could look at right. All batters or all players or something. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna look at that. I look at that again. I just I know, but like I'm just worried about Pete Alonso, man. I don't, I don't want them to. I don't want him to go. Altuve, like, wow. I'm surprised Altuve hasn't signed a massive extension. Oh, Shane Bieber, um, Walker Buehler, Corbin Burns. Who was, I feel like they got a good shot at Corbin Burns if they had the opportunity. Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, wow. Um, you said Kikuchi. You said Kikuchi had an insane season with the uh, Blue Jays last year. Oh, my God. There's a lot of free agents. Yeah, those of you who play know. fantasy baseball, be careful. Oh, my God. Jan Gomes. Oh my God. Verlander's 42, or he's going to be? Dude, that's insane. I guess he's four. I don't know if it's this is what he's going to be. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good. I think they're really going to try to maybe go for Corbin Burns if they had to because, obviously, the David Stearns connection to Milwaukee. Um, you know, I know the Mets. They said the Mets would trade for him. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe they trade for him. Maybe they trade him to Milwaukee for P. Alonso. That's like a... If the Mets are really going to give up on Pete, not give up, but if they're going to really trade away for Pete Alonso, then that's going to be, uh, I feel like that'd be a good like swap, you know, and just give us a few of the prospects. And then, yeah, it's going to be, if the Mets are going to trade Pete Alonso, I know uh, I do want to get into the Hall of Fame thing quick. Uh, I feel like they're definitely going to get a lot of players, for, you know, they should get a lot back, you know, like how the Nationals got for Juan Soto. This is how much that they, the, you know, the Mets, because, you know, well, it would definitely wouldn't be that much, but Not a, right because Alonso is much older and whatnot. That's uh, true. I yeah, think, right. That's true. And I think Juan Soto's play style would age better. I do think. Um, I just I don't know. The thing with the Mets trading away Pete Alonso's, I'm not sure what the market is for. I, I really don't. I don't know. Trying to think, man. 
at the end of the so, day, I'm you know I'm hoping that they, the Mets find a way to a power hitting first baseman at the moment. Um, you know, like I just yeah. I always I keep checking this this website, the MLB.com free agent tracker. Like Carlos Santana, Brandon Belt, Donovan Solano, Garrett Cooper, G-Man Choice, CJ Crone, Mike Ford, Trey Mancini, Dom Smith, Eric Hosmer, Luke Voigt, Joey Votto, Yuli Gurriel. Those guys are all current first basemen. Pete Alonso is better than all those guys. And Reese Hoskins, too. Um, I'd say him and Pete Alonso are kind of equal in skill. But uh, with a higher upside going to Alonso. So... I don't know. Like uh, those guys are all stopgap first basemen, but I also don't think like the difference between those guys and whatnot. Like as long as you can field first base in the this day and age, it's not what it used to be. First base, like first base, used to have to be the tip of the spear for the offense, right? Guys like Will Clark and Don Mattingly, or you go back further, like Jimmy Fox and Lou Gehrig, like. Those guys were expected to be the best player offensively on their team. They're almost always cleanup hitters. Mm. Save for a few players, they're almost always hitting three or four in the lineup. You know, it's it's a different day and age. That that kind of power you need out of the first base position. Nowadays, it's kind of an afterthought. So I don't know if the how much of a haul the Mets could get for him. I think it's interesting. To think about, and I'm surprised a lot of those first basemen are still free agents. I I love G Man Choi, I, I do. Maybe it's because he always kills Garrett Cole anytime I see him play. But <laughs> I'm shocked that I haven't heard anything about Joey Votto. Like even if it's just like a one year deal or a two year deal. Well, he's 40 already, so probably not a two year deal. But like a one year deal, to like mentor younger crew. I don't know why you wouldn't. Same thing right. with Yuli Gurriel. Like there's there's guys there. CJ Crone's still a free agent. I'm shocked. Reese Hoskins, there's been no news on whatsoever. I'm shocked. So I don't know what the market is for Pete Alonso. If the league is just moving in a direction away from the Pete Alonzos, which big power slugging righty, uh, right-handed first baseman, you don't really see that too much anymore, man. You really don't see Will Clarks and Ryan Howards strolling in any, you know. Yeah. Like no. so, and on the flip yeah, side, yeah. you look at the most dominant hitters in the league. And it's like Freddie Freeman, first baseman, Matt Olson, first baseman. But there is a bit of a drop off before that tier below them, where it's like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who didn't even have 30 home runs. Mm. So it's interesting. Yeah, no, and uh, we'll see what happens. And, and, you know, they got the whole offseason. I think, obviously, with Scott Boris, like, he, same thing with Aaron Judge. Like, they like to play the season out. Like, they like to, they like to gamble. You know, they like mm-hmm. to see how the, what happened to Aaron Judge. He got us, you know, he didn't want to sign the seven years, 213 million. Thought he was deserving of more of it. And then, next thing you know, he, he signed a nine year, $360 million contract. He had one yeah. of the best seasons ever, MVP season. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, in my opinion, he had the best offensive season ever. But um, <laughs> maybe I'm a little biased. <laughs> Uh, I, I do want to ask you, though. There was a report. I don't know how accurate it is, but I was seeing something circulating that Pete Alonzo, I think it was Pete Alonzo, said he wouldn't mind playing for the Yankees or Cubs or something along those lines. I saw that. That was Salicata. S&Y said I wouldn't trust that much. Salicata, from what I've heard, he's known to misread especially or stir up some stuff. This is the same guy that said that Pete Alonzo was 
one of the cancers. I don't know if that's what he said, but he said something right. was going oh, on in the locker okay. room. So I, okay. I wouldn't take that you much. Know how I feel about that. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? That like, well, everybody said that Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, and Pete Alonso are like awful together. And they're like a triumvirate of terror. Great alliteration. But um at the same time, too, it's like well, all right, so tell me examples. So I, I I see what you're saying. Take it with a grain of salt. All right. You're more plugged in with the mess than I am. So we'll see. But anyways. I think it's time we dive into our Hall of Fame special. I, I wish I had a Simon for it. So now, um, Dennis, you want to intro us into Hall of Fame? Of course. I would love to. All right. First and foremost, if you're just joining us right now, as I jot down a note, this is our first time really talking about Hall of Famers. So this show began uh, with... April-ish? May-ish? I know it was after I came Uh, back from Miami already. So I'm going to assume April. End of May, early April, around that time frame. So we haven't talked about the Hall of Fame before, but the Hall of Fame, this is the the top of the mountain for players. Only so many players have gotten the privilege, the honor of joining Cooperstown. How many players? May you ask? How many? How many players? How many players are in the Hall of Fame? Well, not too many. 343. Wow. 343 elected members. 270 are former players, as well as 40 executives and slash pioneers, 23 managers, and 10 umpires. 343. All right, so 270 total. So now let's type it out. How many players have played in MLB? Twenty thousand four hundred fifty-nine. Really? This is the elite of the elite. There's no bad Hall of Famers. People, you could rank Hall of Famers differently. There's different floors to the Hall of Fame, right? People say different, you know, tiers to that to the Hall of Fame. There's no bad player in the Hall of Fame, not one. The worst no. player in the Hall of Fame is still an elite perennial all-star type player. This is the coup de grace of America's pastime. The greats of the greats. The Hall of Famers of franchises. The guys you can build around. And this year, I think it's one of the more loaded years of the Hall of Fame ballot. So, quick overview of who's on it this year. Now, It is important to note that there is a stipulation with the Hall of Fame where you're only allowed to be on for 10 seasons, or 10 years rather, and then you're off the ballot. And then the only way for you to get in is via committee. And whatever committee, that rotation, they pick people that they're going to nominate. They discuss it. They vote on it. And if you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out. That's made up of former executives, media people, and former players and former Hall of Famers. That's those committees. That's who makes them up. So it's interesting, man. It's really interesting. This year, there's only one player who is in their final year of eligibility, and that is Gary Sheffield, a journeyman who has hit 500 home runs, um, 
I don't have his stats up in front of me, but a lot of hits. We'll get into each player specifically. Former Yankee, former Met, former Marlin, and came up as a Brewer. People will people forget the Brewer year. Okay. And uh, played for the the Braves. He, he was a journeyman, but he was a professional hitter. Yeah. Now there are some first year candidates as well. The first year candidates includes include Jose Bautista, Adrian Beltre, Adrian Gonzalez, big year for Adrians, Victor <laughs> Martinez, Brandon Phillips, Jose Reyes, wow. James Shields, Chase Utley, and David Wright. So a couple of former Mets on here, man. I'm seeing a lot. Carlos yeah. Beltran, former Met, Jose Bautista, former Met, Bobby Abreu. Adrian Gonzalez, Bartolo Colon. Oh, Bartolo okay. Colon. This is his first year of eligibility as well. Okay. So you guys got a yeah, you guys got a Jose Reyes. You guys got a, oh how how can I forget? Maybe the the player most likely to get it on their first ballot this season, 2024, Joe Mauer. Catcher first baseman for the Minnesota Twins, former league MVP. He would have a good shot. Yeah, I, I could see that. So big year, man. This is a loaded ballot. All right. As for the other players, we'll get to the other guys right now. Bobby Abreu, Carlos Beltran, Mark Burley, Todd Helton of the Rockies, Matt Holliday. It's his first year as well. Sorry. Todd Corey Helton, Hunter, really? Andrew Jones, Andy Pettit, Manny Ramirez, A-Rod, K-Rod, Jimmy Rollins, Omar Vizquel, Billy Wagner. So this is a big year, man. It's exciting. I'm, I'm stoked. You know me. I'm a history major. I love sports. I love history. So when they get to collide like this, man, yeah, this... I'm amped. I've been to Cooperstown. I went ten years ago. Have a nice time. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a sports guy. I love history. I'm not a I, I'm not a history graduate, but <laughs> we never know in the future. But yeah, right. yeah, you know, when you got that combined, and especially with all these players, it's um, definitely. First off, I want to say, well said. I gotta clap oh, off for thank that. You. Very much. I should have uh, that was off script, so but I, I I thought that was great. Oh, so, anyways, okay. let's uh let's dive into one of our first players. First off, we got Bobby Obreu. Well, one of the thing is not as hot and humid here as it has been. Man, that dude is a hitter. Oh, you're not going to believe this. You could just unmute yourself. Wait, I was going to say, I can hear you. Yeah, this is hilarious. We were trying to figure it out the whole time. All we had to do was just click on mute. We didn't even think. It said it turns the mics off. I guess it doesn't. That's hilarious. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Do you think it's a problem if we have the background noise in the back? That's not a problem, right? No, no. No. As long as it's not like too loud, I I do know for a fact one of those videos has licensed music in it. At least one. Right, so I know, know yeah. So, but you did see that. Well, you, you know, I, we'll talk about that after. Yeah, but either way, yeah. So, but Bobby, we can, you know, Bobby Abreu, though. I mean, wow, he's 
Ah, what a derby that what derby was that i have no idea i have no idea I, i'll look it up it's got i'm Ooh. i think it's 2007 don't quote me on it but uh i'll look it up no it couldn't have been it might be 2005 Man, I mean, he's launching rockets, though. I mean, and he's he was not a hall. He was not a home run hitter. He was not known as a home run hitter at all. What was he there, what was he there for? I, I don't know, but he was. He really wasn't. And I think that's kind of here's the thing with Bobby Abreu. I love Bobby Abreu. Two thousand five. All right, second time to join. Bobby Abreu is an interesting player. But when you say to me, should Bobby Abreu be in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. Because the thing with Bobby Abreu is his, the advanced analytics love this guy. He's a 60 career war player, only a two time All Star, a one time Gold Glover, one time Silver Slugger, one time Home Run Derby champion. Batted 291 for his career, OPS plus 128, league average is 100. So everything is weighted the same. Led the league in triples. Led the league in doubles. Mm. The most home runs he ever hit in a season was 31, which is very mm. low. The year he won the home run derby, he only hit 24. So it's he was always a very good player. And I think that Bobby Abreu's career, and it's very similar, I think, to Steve Finley, who played on every single NL East, NL West team, excuse me. Um one of two players, I forget the other dude who did it, but one of two players to do so, is that can being above average, borderline elite, for your entire career, even though you're not the best one year, does that constitute a Hall of Famer? If the answer is yes, Bobby Brave is a Hall of Famer. Look at the numbers. Mm. Okay. Not great. Not elite. I'm looking at the numbers right now, actually. Consistently above average and i know hall of fame is for the great uh, the greats of the greats there's also once again there's different tiers to the hall of fame and back then the committees were letting in their friends and stuff like that it's guys that were undeserving got it i get that (laughs) i'm I'm not making it up it's true he was a met wow he really was a met for a year he ended his career as a met right wow 2014 that's not that far away from the 2015 team i didn't know that that's one year, Brandon. That's not that far away. That's one year, Brandon. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> yeah. But uh but just saying, that's not far away, though. You know what I mean? It's no. Like... No. It, the thing is, the the only so I got the clips that we're all that we're gonna be showing. I got all those clips, right? When you look at Bobby Abreu highlights, there's hardly anything. And I understand this is a stupid criteria to have. It is a, an objectively bad criteria. It's like that dude on the first season of Survivor who's just going based on alphabetical order. That's who he's trying to vote out. People are trying to win a million dollars. Thanks, buddy. And um, so this is the this is the equivalent of there's not enough YouTube clips of so this guy's clearly not a Hall of Famer. But to me, it does kind of play a role in it because as I'm looking through the highlights of other guys we'll get to later on. I'm like, that guy's a Hall of Famer. But we look at Bobby Abreu, I'm like, the only highlights are when he was a Met past his prime. I can't find anything when he was on his, his prime with the Phillies or the Yankees. That's it's strange. It's a, it, out of all the players on this ballot, he's the most bizarre to me. Yeah, Never no, thought of him I, as a Hall of Famer. True. He was on the Yankees. Never thought of him as a Hall of Famer. 
I didn't even think he was the best player on the Yankees. Obviously, A-Rod, Jeter, whatever. I thought Johnny Damon was better. I thought Matsui was better. Every Yankee fan I know would say, yeah, I'd rather have Matsui or Damon than Bobby Abreu. Mm. Yet, if you look at the numbers, obviously Damon fell off the ballot, I think, his first year. Matsui wasn't even eligible. He didn't have 10 seasons. So here he is. You can make a great argument for being for him being in the Hall of Fame. 60 war. That's the Hall of Fame mark that a lot of people use. 60 war. But at the same time, too, y- you know what I mean? Like it's it's weird. Like nobody thought of him as being a Hall of Famer. And you can say the same thing for guys who are already in it. But, but to me, Bobby Abreu is such an interesting player. I never looked at him as a Hall of Famer, yet the back of the trade card. Is first year in, in the ballot? No. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say. You know, I mean, I, I think it's crazy that the fact that he was only, um, you know, he was on the Mets for like 2014. Like that's, you know, started when I started to really get more into baseball and the Mets than, than ever. Um, you see, he's really known for being a Philly. You know, probably his rivalries with the Mets in the beginning was probably big. Played with Jimmy Rollins. I like, you know, I feel like there was in the beginning of his career after 97, he really was like consistently healthy. 2001 and 2005, he was fully healthy. I don't feel like he has enough all star votes. You know, he has enough hits. It's like 2,470. Like, it's decent. Um, I think he's definitely above average hitter. Definitely. I mean, I think he's definitely got a good shot. It might take him a while, but. You know, off the ballot, I could definitely see him going off the ballot. Um, the, the the weird thing is, uh, oh, continue. I'm sorry. He led the league in triples in '99, and then yeah. doubled in 2002. But what are you gonna say? You said the thing was. I, I'm looking at the advanced analytics with fielding. I think is flawed, but if you look at the analytics on Baseball Reference and Fangraphs, weights fielding differently. He wasn't even a great defender. He really, really wasn't a great defender. So I might have said that earlier that that was his reputation. I, I might be wrong. Looking at the stats, obviously this is before. But like I said, pre two thousand ten, it's hard for fielding stuff. Even right. pre now, really, the past five years. But it's it's interesting to look at his case because I, I I don't know, man. I don't know. I've I have nothing else to say about him. If uh, excellent player, excellent player. I think he's got I think he's got a decent shot. Jose Bautista though, like Bobby Abreu, I think Bobby Abreu's got a decent shot. We'll see where it goes. I mean, you know, but like I said, but Jose Bautista, for instance, though, I mean, first of all, before we show the clip, like I want to say, he was definitely one of our childhood figures watching. Oh. Heck yeah! Man. I enjoyed watching Jose Bautista. I loved so when the Mets had him, even though he was at the end of his career. I enjoyed the fact knowing that he was a Met, but, you know, so. Here's the 0-1. That is hit down the line and left. Into the corner, and this game is tied. It's a 3-3 game here in the eighth inning. And Batista's got two tonight. We're just, I mean, that power right away. That year, that 2015, that run he went on was incredible. Absolutely incredible run. I wish you found a clip of when uh Oh actually you do have it. Alright. You know yeah, actually I definitely know. have it in there, but I I don't know. I you know I'm gonna play yeah, you know I, I know which clip. You know what clip I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about 
this is probably my favorite play. Uh, this is my favorite moment from this career. The pass clip right there. And it's gonna burn you. Right there and then right. Anytime when I think of the pass clip, I pick a pin. And you're gonna mute yourself. If you wanna pause it, pause the video. Or let the video play until it's over. What, what's, what's going on? I was gonna pause. I was gonna see if you could pause right as he flipped it, like right after he flipped it. and He's watching it. I don't know what you call this modern era of baseball. I think it started right there. I, I really do. The bat flips, the passion—it's all there more so than it was in the two thousands, where it's actually hilarious watching old school baseball on like MLB Network or Yankees Classics or whatever. And watching old school baseball and seeing they actually had more emotion than they did in the 2000s. Like this whole like bat flips and whatnot is new. Back in the day, you'll get thrown. That's not true at all. Jesus Christ, it's not true at all. Dude, you watch like the 80s A's with the Bash Brothers and Ricky Henderson? Forget it. But he kind of brought that back. Mm. It was a huge playoff moment. It was this massive moment for uh, for Philadelphia, for Toronto. And I think people forget he was one of the, he was not just one of the, like a, like an okay guy. He was one of the worst players in baseball. He was one of the worst players in baseball for years. Oh, he, he, he couldn't. Did? Yeah. Right. He could. He, he had a 33 OPS plus and on how many different teams in 04? One, two, three, four, four different teams. Uh, like he, he had a hard time finding a spot even when he went to the um when he first went to the blue jays like he wasn't great his first year he was average and then he just exploded in 2010 and he led the league in total bases and he was an all-star and he you know, was getting a, mvp yeah. votes there's actually more on jose bartista actually i mean there's, there's, there's a lot led the league in 50 with 54 home runs he got 43 home runs the next year, 132 walks. He led the league in walks that year, more walks than strikeouts. He just exploded. Mm. And unfortunately for him, I think that's going to hurt his Hall of Fame candidacy, which is he was a late bloomer and those kinds of guys. It, it just in, It's just the way by design, it's hard for those guys to get anything really going. But that 2015, man, four postseason home runs, he batted 273 against Texas. That was a bat flip series. Hmm. 316 against the Kansas City Royals with six RBIs and a 1.184 OPS. I mean, he was incredible that postseason. They didn't lose because of him. He, he really just did a tremendous job for the Blue Jays. Really yeah. good career, man. Really good career. But unfortunately, yeah, I mean, those know. kinds of late bloomers, man, it's it's hard. It's hard to get a gig. You know, it's yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be, um, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. I know that he definitely had an impacting game, impacting legacy on the game. So he's definitely got a good shot to get in. You know, his only, did you know that his only, um, his only walk off home run was a grand slam? You know, it was with the Mets. Really? That's interesting. Look it up. I wish I, I wish I could have found it. I would, I would have sent it to you just to send it to Joey. Um, you know, there's actually, so yeah, I know there's another video. The video you have, it's a little long. I mean, but I feel like I already showed enough on. I want to show a little bit of more Bobby. There actually is Bobby Abreu clips that you have, actually. Can I actually play some of them? Of course. Yeah, because I don't want I don't want them to go to waste. Pretty well hit to center field. 
And it is off the glove of Murray. Watch Bobby. It could be an inside the park home run. Vukovic is waving him on. Here he comes. He's safe. An inside the park home run. Bobby Abreu. And the Phillies have won it two to one here in the tenth inning. What a way to end the ball game. This ball is hit well towards the gap in right center field. It's going to be in there for an extra base hit. Jeter's to third. He's being waved home by Bobby Meacham. The throw is offline. Jeter will score. And the Yankees have won the game by a score of 2-1 to one on a double by Bobby Abreu. Fun player to watch, man. I, li- I liked Bobby Abreu when I was a kid, but I just, I don't know. It's still crazy to me that his stats have aged as well as they have. So he had some decent. He has a good swing. Definitely, oh, yeah. he was looked like he was clutch. There's a lot on him. Wait, there's a one with the Mets. Wait, oh yeah, wait. I gotta play this. There's a Met highlight you have for us. I definitely did have one in there. Oh, I, I gotta play it right now. That was in 2001. Abreu lines one the other way, and he's got himself a base hit. So in Bobby Abreu's final game, he has himself a hit. I totally forgot he was even on the Mets. Um, there, there you go. There's the evidence. Yeah, there's the evidence. There's the evidence. Um, so, so yeah, no, nah, both Jose and Bautista and and uh, Bobby Brave, they definitely got some good shots to make some good cases, you know. And I think both players definitely look like they have. It depends. Who do you think? Obviously, you think Bautista would have more of a legacy. No, not more of a legacy. An impactful way in the game. Definitely. Moved. Definitely, I really do. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah. You know, I'm gonna look it up. I might be wrong. I think he might have hit more home runs in the 2010s than anyone else. I could be wrong on that. It's either That's him really or Edwin really Cardoso. Really Nelson up. Cruz. Oh, he was great. I, I feel like Nelson Cruz would definitely have him beat because Nelson Cruz has been in the league for a long time. Yeah, who hit the most home runs? I forgot about that. He was. I forgot about Edwin Encarnacion. Very underrated career home runs. Yeah, Bautista was just insane with the uh, with the Blue Jays. I mean, you're right, though. Nelson, Cruz. Take off. Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz. I had a feeling. Right. I had, I had a feeling. Yeah. Wow. 2018, he was with like a total of three teams. He literally traveled without the NL East. He was Bautista, with the, yeah, he's with, uh, he's with you guys. He was with the Braves, definitely. He was and, with the Braves and he was with the Phillies. And the Mets. I was going to say, I don't remember him being on the Phillies. I would have guessed Marlins. He seemed like a Marlin, but I guess not. He's got a good case. I feel like the hits is going to get to him, and the fact that he didn't play as long. I mean, yeah, interesting career. It's going to be. I I don't think Bautista ever gets voted in by the regular writers. I do think that a committee can put him in, though. Right. Okay. Pretty good reputation, too, especially I think players would appreciate a guy coming back from being like. 
having a bad start to their career and turning it around and winning MVPs and things like that or getting MVP votes, I think that players have an appreciation for that that the voters don't have. Right. But, I, but the, um, the voters, they just look at the back of the training card. The players that they there's a little more empathy there. Right, because they know they know the player, they know then you know how hard they and work. For better or worse, however you feel they were, about you know. So, yeah, no, all right, I agree. Who's, who's next on the docket? Uh, next we got Adrian Beltre. Let's take a look at some of his highlights real quick. This is a big swing on a curveball, and a lot of times he'll go down to the knee and watch it leave the yard. This time swing and a miss and back up. And he does it again and belts one toward left center field. Are you serious? Wow, well, I was, was going to say, I thought that was more of a low light, but he actually, uh, did he show why? According to the announcers, that's, yeah, he showed why he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, it's almost like he dicked him with that big swing on the curveball, screwed himself I mean, around, there's other ways to determine if he's a Hall of Famer or not. Again. You want so, me to tell you how? Let me hear it. How's about 3,166 career hits, 93.5 wins above replacement, a career OPS plus of 116, 477 home runs, 1,707 RBIs, 121 stolen bases, 1,732 strikeouts. That's not great. I didn't see what the top of it was until I read it. 286 career batting average. I mean, just a really good player, man. An elite defense. Two-time Platinum Glove winner, five-time Gold Glove winner, four-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger. And easily, the I would think, the best third baseman of the 2010s. I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure somebody would say maybe Nolan Arenado, but the kind of offensive production you got from Adrian Beltre, unbelievable. Played a long time. Wow. 1998. He was on the Dodgers at first. I didn't know that. I knew he was on the Dodgers. I always forgot he played in the 90s. He was – I thought he was more of known as a Texas Ranger. I didn't know he was – he really was you want to hear something? a long time. You want to know how long he played? He played in 1998, and he was on one of my fantasy baseball teams. They started playing in 2017. That's like to me. That's insane. I understand to you, the listeners or the viewers, you don't care, but <laughs> I think that it's interesting. I think that's just an interesting, just like a, a passage of time. Same thing with I, think Rock, yeah. but. I think it's sad that he never really got a ring. Yes, and that's the one thing that people talk about with Adrian Beltre. He was always missing just the ring. The Red yeah. Sox. He left, and then they won immediately. He left in 2012. They won in 2013. Right. He he left in 2010. 2010. He was only there for 2010, and then they won it in 2013. So he was on the 11 team for Texas when they collapsed in the uh, in the World Series. Just look, yeah, he has 3,000 hits. Oh, he's. he's cold, I, I want to be clear. He's in. 3,000 hits. He's right, in. he's in for automatically. He's and I just want to keep showing more highlights just to prove our point. Of course, but, dude, yeah. he's in. You and I, I had fun looking at these highlights, man. Yeah, like I said, I, we can't waste these. We can't waste these highlights. You know the highlights that you you know you found for us. You know credit to you. You know we, we can't waste them. We're not going to waste them. So let's show a little more to show why Beltre Beltre is definitely for right away going in. Second chance this afternoon for Adrian. Struck out in the second. And the Rangers dug out all his teammates, hoping to see history. The 3-0. 
Around second, heading to third, Mazzara. Beltro goes for two. And it's a stand-up double. Good for him, and man. there it is, number 3,000 for Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre, 31st Look member at that. of the 3,000-hit yeah. Arguably the best Texas Ranger ever. As really? far as position players go, obviously for pitchers, Nolan Ryan. That's the moment. But man, what an incredible player! And I'm glad he got to do it at home. With 3000, man. That's awesome. What a great team! What a fantastic man! I don't remember ever hearing anything bad about him. No steroid scandal, no nothing. Doesn't look like it. Hey, here's another, here's another highlight. Oh my lord! And look, look at that swing again, Rob Washington, my boy. That's um. If you look at that swing again, bro, look, they're gonna show it probably off his just like that first highlight when he did that that one that little one hand drop to the knee. Nasty. Yeah, that's nasty. We talked about being on his knee for some curveballs. Here it is, right here. He hits it to the moon. He hits it to the moon. 21 seasons in the show. Career batting average in the playoffs, 261. But, uh, man, that World Series, 300 with two homers, three RBIs. I mean. He's in. Yeah, player, man. He's a good player. I don't think there's any more to make a case on. Let's talk about – um. I know there's uh, Mark Bueller, uh, Mark Burley. Mark Burley, my bad. But um, that's okay. It's a gnarly pronunciation. Yeah, very gnarly. I want to talk about Toy Hunter. All right. Yeah, we could we, just, we could skip over Mark Burley. And then we're gonna go back. I don't know. Something yeah, about or Toy go Hunter. back. We're not gonna skip over. We're definitely gonna go back. I just want to. Yeah, I forget the order I put stuff in. Right. No, it's fine. Just um, Toy Hunter. Know, um, there we go. Yeah. Here's one clip of Toy Hunter. Extended as he raises one into right center field. At the wall, it is caught. Oh, what a catch by Tory Hunter. Is that any good? That'll wake you up. My goodness. Way over the wall to take a home run away from Barry Bonds. You know how earlier I said I never looked at Bobby Abreu as a Hall of Famer when he played? Torrey Hunter, for me, is the opposite. I know statistically he's not a Hall of Famer. He wasn't the kind of hitter that other center fielders are or whatever. But I will say, defensively, I don't care what the stats say about Kevin Gearmeyer. I don't care what the stats say about anyone else. Growing up, Starting to watch baseball in 2007. I've never seen a better defensive outfielder. I, I just, I haven't. He changed the game when he was in there. And we'll get to that with Andrew Jones later on. How the game-changing defense that guy could play. Tony Hunter, man. That guy. He robbed, I mean, look at him. He, he robbed Barry Bonds in the All-Star game, man. And... and it, 
the highlight reels of this guy just playing defense. It's it's catch of the year after catch of the year. Nine straight gold gloves. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, I, when I when I used to see him play, I used to think you're never going to see someone better than that. He was in the league for a long time as well, too. He, he, he was in the league for a while. Unreal. From 1997 with Minnesota to 2015, finishing his career again with Minnesota. Yeah, that's amazing. But offensively, he wasn't the best hitter, and I think that's just going to keep him out of it. His highest career batting average was 290, or 313 with the Angels. In his age, man, he had to be kind of getting up there in age. I don't know why they're not showing it. Oh, here we go. His age 36 season, he hit 313, his career high, in 200, uh, 140 games. And then before that, 299, or actually 304 with Detroit the following year, 37. Excluding those years, 299 when he was 33 with the Angels. So those are the only seasons really close or around 300. And, uh, yeah, man, like, offensively, he wasn't a great player. I get it. But defensively, man, that guy was something else. Something else. I loved watching him play defense, man. I really did. Yeah, but we'll see. But next, now we got uh, Mark Mark Burrell. I know. Um, what can you tell us about Mark Burrell? Mark Burley. Listen, man. Burley, I should say. This is a guy he's not going to probably get in the Hall of Fame. He's probably not. He's in league However, I will say, in kind of the post, like this era we're in now with pitchers leaving in the sixth innings or whatnot, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, six seasons with 220 or more innings pitched. Led the league in innings yeah. pitched twice. Led the league in games started twice. And uh, just an interesting career. I mean, batters faced twice led the league. Led the league in whip once. Five-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove winner, 2005 World Series champion, pitched a no-hitter, pitched a perfect game. Excellent, excellent, excellent player. Wasn't a high strikeout guy. The most strikeouts he ever got in a season was 165 in 2004. But you know what? You don't have to be a high strikeout guy if you're effective in other ways. And that's what he was. He was had a 381 ERA, which seems a little high now for his career. Back then, it, it was a little different um, with scoring and whatnot and pitching in general was a little different. So it's, I mean, I really liked watching Mark Burley play. When I was a kid, I used to watch a lot of White Sox games. Mm. They were always just on in the afternoon, always on WGN. So I used to watch a lot of the games, Cubs and White Sox. And I used to like watching his games a lot. Very fast pitcher. Yeah. Not miles per hour wise, but just he moved so fast. Oh, my God. Mm. He moved so quick on the mound. We here's a clip to see that example of that. Getting in there and swinging a bat. I mean, good old-fashioned baseball and a little bit of a different from the difference from the norm. That one's well hit. Deep right field. This one's got a chance. And it's gone. Mark Burley 
has just hit one out. His first. Okay, it's actually not. Uh, it's not what I meant. But you know how. You know what? Let me let me let me try that again. Mark Burley makes his first relief appearance since his rookie year and deals with Adam Everett. A winning run at the plate. Tying runs are on. This is in the World Series. A 1-1 pitch. Oh. Everett pops it up. On the infield for Uribe. The White Sox are up three games to nothing. A 14-inning game and 7-5 Chicago. And the Astros will end the night with 15 runners left on base. Wow. I mean, that was pretty good right there. Uh, and I'll never forget the um, his perfect game. Alexi Ramirez's catch in center field. I, do I have that on there? The Alexi yeah. Ramirez. Mark having a fine year. This is his 20th start. ERA in the mid threes. Only 26 walks hit? in 125 innings. And as you can see, left handed, right handed, him. doesn't matter. They hit him equally the same. This is, I think this might be every out game, of the perfect game. To do against Tampa. The, this specific call I'm thinking of Upton gets ready is, to hit, um, coming in, hitting at 240. As there's Paul Carrollson screaming, Alexei, Alexei, when the guy dives to save the perfect game. Great point. He gone. One, two, three for Burley after a half inning of play. Once again, the payoff. Hi, Papa. Man. Could you imagine you just show up to a regular game and I pitch the perfect game? It's very, it's very rare, but I mean, if you're lucky enough, it's like, to me, it's like hitting the lottery. He gone. Yeah. Maybe at the right time, right moment, you know? The ball hit deep in the right center field. The main guess. And well, six up, six down for Burley. Not a, not a lot of strikeouts yet. No, he's not. A, he was. He wasn't a strikeout guy, man. He really that's wasn't. The gap, gap, gap. Carlos, yes. But that's why he was able to pitch so many innings. Just let your defense do the work. Nineteen ninety-eight. You know, I, I've always kind of Alexei, felt like that with um, no speed. Uh, Degrom or some of these other pitchers that just. A and lot of strikeouts, but corn into left field. So that's you know, be nine like, up, nine down not, not for Burley. Great pace. That's the thing I, I always remember so with Mark Burley is the pace he played. Right. He gone. Another point striker. Yeah. like the announcement. He gone. Oh, dude, Hawk Harrelson was the best. Into Love left that field, guy. Carlos. Love that guy. Two down. Carlos Quentin. That was in college. And oh my God. Brzezinski behind the plate. My guy. That's twelve up. 12 down, and it is still 4 nothing. Good guys. And then if they do their individual thing, then collectively, it works out. Early is over there like he should be. Five-time goal Glover. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like a, definitely a definition of when your defense can work. Yep. And, you know, credit to them, honestly. If they swing at it, it's been an out. And, but you he know what, man? Like that's that is 15 up, that's exactly 15 what you, you've got to be. Like, it, it's not always just a hundred miles an hour to get a strikeout. Like sometimes, like you nice. let your defense be engaged, do their job. One out. A good effort by Gordon. So he realized he couldn't you can go to the seventh or eighth inning or whatnot. Like, let your defense do the work. Not everything has to be swing and miss stuff. You, you gotta nice pick right. You there. know, pace yourself. And 
I said it like a hundred times since we started talking Good about Mark Burley. Burley coming this, back was, this was his game. Get man. him! Yes, that is eighteen up, eighteen down. For yeah, Mark he's, Burley. he's definitely doing. You're a football fan. Football people yeah, say, you know, like, oh, so and so is just a game manager or something. That's kind yeah, of what Mark Burley was. One. He was like the pitching equivalent of that. But he really, it, it just it works. If it works, it works. Don't you know? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. In the it, right it field. just worked for him, man. Yeah. Yeah. Die. Yes. That's Twenty-one up. Fan. Twenty-one I, I, down. I a, a big um, baseball fan too, and uh, you know I agree though. Pretty much um, straight away and very you know, deep all the way around. But you can see that yeah, he was able to you know manage the games pitching. He goes. Yeah. Wow. I feel he like got I his strikeouts. And that's top. He got up. his strikeouts, but Gordon. There, that pitch was a little outside. No, I think so, too. The 2 2 pick. Is Mark Bellhorn? Line drive. Call your sons, call your daughters, call your friends, call your neighbors. Mark Burley has a perfect game going to the ninth. That ball hit this deep the into play. left center field. Wise back, back. Makes the catch! Wow, what a play. that's insane. What a play. Wise makes the catch. What a play by Wise. Mercy. That's a definition. Great catch. That might be when Mike Baxter caught the catch for uh, Johan Santana. As Wise yeah. goes back into the wall, knowing he has no room to spare, he goes up over the wall and then juggles it before corralling it. What a play by Wise. Under the circumstances, one of the greatest catches I have ever seen in 50 years in this game. He gone. He gone. One to go. I love those White Sox jerseys. Alexei. Yes. 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 History. All right, Good wow, friend, that was that was Good amazing friend. to watch. So I feel like Mark. I feel like you know before we wrap up, I feel like it definitely on that on Mark Bu- um, Burley. Like Burley, sorry, Mark. Sorry, Mark Burley. I feel like it definitely makes it's he, tough. The spelling is tough. I feel like he makes he makes a good case. I don't know. Yeah, one thing people have pointed out is that statistically he's very similar to Andy Pettit, although Andy Pettit has the steroid kind of thing hanging over him statistically they're similar i know he, and, he pitched uh, for a while you know like i know uh well from 2000 to uh to 15 i remember when he was on toronto he's on the white Sox for a long time but i remember he was known specifically for pitching like over 200 innings and you see most of his career he's done that you know so um you know yeah and uh, I also remember 2012, he was supposed to be a pillar for the Miami Marlins when they became the Miami Marlins. They got him, Jose Reyes, yeah. and a few other guys, Heath Bell, and I think someone else in that offseason. And there were, and Ozzy Guillen was the G, was the manager brought in. And right. It was such a disaster. That was everything exactly that could right. go wrong went that. wrong. I remember that. Interesting. A lot of baseball history and broke the Chicago curse. 2005. People always forget the Billy Goat uh, curse gets more 
draw with the Cubs. But the Black Sox curse, that was a real thing for the White Sox. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they won the World Series in 05 against the, the Astros. One of the best teams that no one talks about in sports, 2005 White Sox. Day one, opening day, day one, they were in first place the rest of the season. That's amazing. Yeah. Loaded, loaded 2005 team. Oh, my God. So I, I think uh, I think Mark um, yeah, Mark Burrow. Mark Burley. He definitely makes himself a good case. But now we got uh, Gonzalez. Adrian, Adrian Gonzalez, Gonzalez, former Met. Wow. He was a former Met on the end of his of course, at the end at the end of his career. I remember him on the Mets. I liked him on the Mets. Even though yeah. he played on them for a short time. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw him when he when he was on the Mets. Uh, let's look at some of his highlights. And Gonzalez cracks one to deep left field. That'll win the game. And it heads out of here. Oh, and of course, that was against the Mets. Gonzalez and the Padres win it five to one. Pickle Park, actually, a great ballpark, too. I have to say, yeah. Well, the Mets road worries continue now. 07 and 2 on the season and series, and have not won consecutive ball games. So he started to show more patience as he rips that one to right for a base hit. Already has matched his hit output against the Brewers. And a nice acquisition on Sunday, acquiring David Weathers from the Cincinnati Reds. Gonzalez rifles one into the gap, deep left center. That one saw him standing in the the batter's box, man. Gonzalez I love those Padres the jerseys, the blue and gold. Looper it just looks so cool, to me, man. And a bouncer, Lopez cannot get it. Oh, bro, you could have got that. What are you talking about? So Gonzalez <laughs> with his third hit. Second, who's playing se Lopez? Dog. And that one is lined to right, a base hit. Blanco will score. Coming around third is Richard. And he will score. Oh, Gonzalez, four hits in the game and two RBIs. Well, you get a grasp of all that, it becomes difficult. Well, there's base hit number five for the solid line Manning, drive Adrian hitter, Gonzalez. man. You need them in every line of the run is in. Five Just hit it where they ain't. First five hit game of his career. And there it is, a sixth base hit. How about that? Tony six Gwynn. for six, Adrian Gonzalez. All right, one ball and two strikes they count. Here comes Kashner, big guy, fastball, hit in the air to right. Back goes Kemp, it's over his head, it is over the wall. And a home run for Adrian Gonzalez. That makes it two to one, San Diego. For Adrian Gonzalez, by the way, that's a big deal. He has now homered in each of his first three games this year. Jimmy Wynn is the only other Dodger in L.A. era to homer in his first three games. The shift is on. Adrian drives another one to right field. Back goes Kemp to the wall. Hits the top of the wall and goes out for a home run. And it's rather unbelievable. Adrian Gonzalez has now hit four home runs in the first three games of the season. And would you believe it? A towering smash to right field. He's hit three of them. The Dodgers lead six to two. Maybe we should just say Gonzalez leads six to two. Talk about a revenge game, huh? Gonzalez to take a bow. He's busy getting slapped around. Three home runs. 
in one game against their former team. He's going to push him up the steps. And there he is. Wow, yes, y'all. Pre. Curveball, and it's going to be a base hit. Scoring on the play is Turner. Going to third is Pre. Uh, Unreal. Good player, man. Some stats on Adrian Gonzalez. He was a first baseman. Came up with the Texas Rangers. I always forget that. Hmm. Was with the San Diego Padres from 06 to 2010. From the Red Sox, 11 to 12. Yeah. From 12 to 17 with the Dodgers. And then he's with you guys for the 2018 season, although he only played in 54 games. Had six home runs for you guys. All right, not, not too bad. So he finished his career with 437 doubles, 317 home runs, 1,202 RBIs, and a career OPS plus 129. Once again, league average is 100. So 782 walks to 1,401 strikeouts. Led the league in walks in 2009 while with the San Diego Padres with 119 to only 109 strikeouts. So really solid hitter, man. In 2011, his first year with Boston, 338 batting average. Solid career. Really solid career, man. Really solid career. Yeah. And as for the accolades, five-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove winner, two-time Silver Slugger, and uh, a one-time top five MVP vote getter, 2010, his last year as a San Diego Padre. Hmm. Always liked watching him play. Line drive hitter. Love this. Yeah, Love he line was great. Hitter. Definitely great. One of the best first basemen of all time, too. Certainly. But uh, next up, another Met. Probably one of my favorite Mets of all time. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, you know, and I feel like you're gonna know just by when I play. Oh, this I game. know who it is. Alone looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one deep left field. That goes Upton back near the wall. It's out of here. Bartolo has done it. That's amazing, though, the right there. Impossible has happened. The team vacates the dugout as Bartolo takes the long trot. His Imagine on a Saturday night high. in 2016. Dude, I actually didn't see this. I was, ups- I was very upset when I didn't. Oh, that's okay. I missed a perfect game this year because I was out, my friends. So. <laughs> I want to say that was one of the longest home run trots I've ever seen, but I think that's how fast he runs. <laughs> <laughs> and now they'll flood up the tunnel and give him his just due. His 226th career at bat. You knew if he ever made contact in just the right way, he was strong enough to do it. And now Bartolo has brought down. That was amazing. I just remember. Uh, oops, sorry. That's all good. Uh, you, caught me mid, you caught me mid-yawn. I got you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I remember, yeah, just that moment right alone. There's this more highlights. Um, here's oh, one of him from uh, Cleveland. He was there because uh, that's where he began his career, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bartolo Colon, Joe, who is just 22 years old, but has one outstanding arm. If he can consistently get the pitch in there. One and one. Off speed and a popper foul ball. Borders there and makes the catch. Here we the side. If I'm not mistaken, this is in the World Series, right? And the flip to Tommy 
retires the side. So the Devil Rays lowly. Not because this is against oh, Tampa Bay. No. Uh, yeah. Kelly's down. I couldn't see if it's if uh, Marlins or not on the, day uh, baseball. the jersey. <laughs> this one is a strike call on the outside edge at the knees. At times they've had a hard time playing catch. There's a ground ball to third, grabbed by Fryman. The throw across the diamond. You know, when he was a kid, he strengthened his arm by throwing mangoes at trees. I think it was mangoes. He was throwing. Two quick outs on two About coconut trees or something? If yeah. the falters. There's a one hopper. No, it is picked clean. Terry Collins. Gonna go to the bullpen. We're gonna see a double switch. And here Stephen he comes. Departs. The ageless one, Bartolo Colon. <laughs> the big kahuna. And he struck him out. Bartolo Colon out of the Mets pen. Dousing the fire. We head to the sixth. This seems like a matchup that would favor Rizzo, but he's 0 for 6 against Cologne. On the ground to first, Duda gobbles that up for the first out. The 1 2 tapped to short. Flores comes him down. Two up, two down here in the sixth. Well, anyone who plays in a 40 over league, this has got to be their favorite player, Bartolo Colon. I love Ron Darling. Hey, Ron Darling's great. Ron Darling makes the catch. There's one more Colon play. He's just keeping the ball away from Bohr, the whole game. He wants to get it. There, ball. Behind the back, slip, and he got him. Nasty. That's such a nasty it's play, so man. That is nasty, bro. Oh. He's able to put some mustard on it. Oh my That is gosh. nasty. Magic Johnson. Look at this. This man will live forever. Like Bob Cousy. <laughs> I mean, That's yeah. awesome. I love that play so much. Now on to his career. I, I honestly listen. I I might catch some flack from this, especially from the Met fans. Yeah. I understand Met fans love him. He's a big, chunky guy, big, sexy, all that. I think that does a disservice to his career. I think people, when they think of Bartolo Colon, they think of him when he was, uh, for lack of better words, kind of washed up. Not what he once was. Certainly not the Cy Young Award winner, perennial all-star he was in Cleveland and with the Angels. Dominant player. 371 ERA right. in his first full season, 1998, All Star, and um, then 395 in 1999, finishes fourth in the Cy Young voting with Cleveland. 388 in 2000, 409 and 01. Back then, steroid era. That's pretty good. 293 mm -hmm. in 2002, finishes sixth in Cy Young award uh, voting. And just, I mean, he just goes off. 2003, 387 with Montreal. 501, age 31 season. 20, 2004 is age 31 season. And then 2005, 348, leads the league and wins. Wins the Cy Young Award, uh, controversially over Johan Santana. But just imagine, Brandon, his age 34 season, his age, what, 33 season? His age 32 season, he wins the Cy Young Award. 
He goes on to play another 13 years, bro. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly. I would love for him to get in the Hall of Fame. I, I would love for him to get in the Hall of Fame. There is kind of a – he was suspended for steroids when he was with the Oakland A's, unfortunately. Um, as for his total career, even with all that mileage, a 412 ERA for his career. However, 46.2 wins above replacement in an extremely long career, 21 years, isn't great. So I, I don't I'm not really sure um how many votes he'll get or whatnot. But it, hey, it's it's certainly a heck of a career. Hmm. I really liked him. As a Yankee, I wasn't too keen on him though. I don't know. I love him as I love him as a Yankee. Were pretty good. I don't know why. I saw him pitch a couple times when he was on the Mets. I loved him. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, we'll do. Do you want to do one more in this part, and then we'll do the rest in part two? Yeah, you know what? Let's talk about. Um, let's see. Uh, Matt Holiday. Let's look at some of his career highlights real quick. All right. Um. So roll the footage. I think I have some footage of Matt Holiday in there, right? Yes, you do. Over the top curveball, and that is hammered. Matt Holiday takes a curveball, and did he ever straighten it out? Wow. For Holiday, his 25th home run. He has 83 RBIs, and you could have shown a movie on that flight. Whoa. So big Matt. Who can hit him just as far and as hard as you might expect. With a 340 average. And he shoots one into center field. Back at the wall. Three-run home run. And it's a one-run game. All right, Matt Holiday, man. Definitely played for a long time. Yeah, I totally forgot he was on the A's. Really? I totally forgot that. I honestly had no idea he was on the A's. I know. I thought still- he went from the Rockies right to the Cardinals. I had no idea he was on the A's. I know him as a St. Louis nine. Cardinal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he was a, wow. He was a really good player on the um on the Rockies, man. 340 bat. Listen. 340 batting average, 386 total bases, 137 RBIs, 50 doubles, 216 hits. All in one season. With the 151 OPS plus in 2007, finished second in MVP voting to Jimmy Rollins, who we'll get to uh, later on or in the next part. Really tough. Really tough. Uh, I I would not want to be a voter that year. There were some good ones in that one. But um, excellent player. He had a great year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. He had 
I mean, led the league in batting average, total bases, RBIs, doubles, and hits. Mostly he's a first baseman, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or left fielder. I don't know why I thought he was a first baseman. But uh, it was decent for the Yankees, too. Uh, 64 RBIs, 19 hits, 231 batting average. Not great, but... He had 2,000 still, hits. Still five points below OPS plus average. All right, not bad. 2,096 hits. Look, I, I like Matt Holiday. He had some good seasons. NLCS MVP, won a batting title, obviously. Seven-time All-Star. Won a World Series in 2011 with the Cardinals. Yeah. Four-time Silver Slugger. Fun player. I really like it. I really liked watching him play. Thought he was a very talented player. His sons are studs. Jackson Holiday of the Orioles. Yeah. One of the top prospects. His son. But uh, not all but, of them. Yeah, no, nah, I don't know. It's going to be hard. But well, like One monster the, season. But uh, a great guy, though. I mean, you know, a great player. But, you know, it's going to be tough. Yeah. All right. Um... I feel like we've covered enough of the Hall of Fame for tonight. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we can get the go to do a part two. Because there's a lot of footage to talk about with a lot of other players. But for now, we got to call it a night. Um, anything else before we wrap up? Uh, no. No, not really. I'm stoked for uh, the for the part two. I'm excited. Yeah, this was great. Part yeah, two, part, part two is going to be good. We'll handle... Um... Hold on. I want to get it up here. We'll handle from Todd Helton to David Wright. We'll, we'll do the rest of it because we won't have to do the news around baseball segment, hopefully, unless, of course, something major happens. And then we'll do our votes. We, we're obviously not members of the Baseball Writers Association. We don't have Hall of Fame votes. But I'm sure you guys are curious to hear what players who we think vote. would actually get in. Right. But all right. But for now, be sure to check out our revamped website at www.easternobserver.com for the latest news in the world of baseball and so much more. We thank you for joining us on another edition of Bad and Chatting. For my co-host, Dennis Tui and the entire Blackjack group team, media group team, I'm Brian Natalis saying so long, and we'll see you next time.